All right. Boom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Crypto Catch-Up. Tapping into crypto. We're a special one. Special one, Matt. 100 episodes. Triple figures. I'm Tommy. I'm Pav. And yeah, we're going to do a bit of a different format than what we usually do. I know we mentioned it in last week's episode that we'd do a bit of an AMA stuff. You weren't here last week. How do you, how do you know? Oh, do you listen to it? I just know these things. Yeah, I listen Thanks, to it. Mate. You're committed to it. I do. You guys, I give listen, it you guys sounded good. We had Teddy in last week. I like I like Ted's style. Very silky smooth voice. He is silky smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Or Edward, as we call him now. Yep. Tedward, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I will call him that. Yep. Absolutely. He hates it, but we'll keep calling him that. <laughs> yeah, like we said, we won't sort of touch too much on some serious news bits. We more just want to spend time answering a lot of the questions that are coming out of the public. A good time to start paying attention and like we've got some great questions that have come out yep. from the socials so that's good to Across see. about four or five different social channels which Ye- is yeah. good good spread. Yeah, real good ones. So good work guys with those ones. But look, we'll start it off in a pretty similar format sort of have a chat about the markets are doing because it'd be rude not to talk about the markets. Yeah, I mean it's been an exciting start of the year. Yeah. I think everyone is excited as a new energy back in the market. I mean I kind of talked about it last week We've seen Bitcoin is up nearly 40% mm. for the year, right? We've had a bit of a pullback as of recording. We have seen a bit of a pullback. I'm putting it out there. I'm going to go and say it's a healthy pullback, yep. considering how we've... Profit-taking, kind of, would you say? Maybe. Profiteering. Maybe. A bit of profiteering? Yep. So, you know, we've only seen that over the last kind of 18 hours or so. Yep. Bitcoin did have a bit of a push-up to the 24K USD mark, which mm-hmm. is, if you think about how we finished in December, I mean, it, it would kind of blow your mind to think well, yeah. we even broke you know, the 22, 23, up towards 24K. So, yeah. yeah, we've got that kind of healthy retracement now. Bitcoin's only down about 4% from the recent high. I mentioned it was around 24. So we're back at about 22, just on 22,800, just under 23K USD. So, you know, not a massive pullback yet. I think we're we're definitely kind of on the fence at the moment in terms of wait and see. Potentially expecting a bit more of, of a pullback over the next kind of few days, but yeah, for me, it's about accumulation again, and it's about falling into this range of, I'd actually love to see us hold this or maybe even go down a little bit more and then spend some time in, in a sideways mm. motion in the market. And yeah, really, I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Some of the top oil coins are down across the board as well, on average about 7% in yep. the last 18 hours. But, you know, in saying that, we're still up fairly healthily for the month of January. I mean, you know, pullback was to be expected. So what are you saying, Matt? Yeah, like exactly the same. Like, it's just fantastic to see again, like another, it's going to be the best month at this rate that we've had since October 2021. So what came after October 2021 was obviously the the overall market correction. So, you know, that's not something sort of ride too much about, like whether this is just a push of exuberance. But again, the key thing about here and where we were back in October 2021 was a top of a market cycle and bull run. This is the bottom of a what was considered, could this be the breaking of the bear market trend that we've been in? So the market's had a lot of other things pushing it down of recent times. And, you know, a lot of people are calling this like mean reversion. We've had a lot of black swans last year push price into some pretty stretched out points. And that's sort of what's being best described as why we've whipsawed to where we are. It's just going back to that middle ground. Yeah. But I mean, some key things for me, we're back to one trillion market cap, which we haven't seen for some time. We're back above FTX drama pricing in the market, which is quite good. Not across altcoins, but mainly in Bitcoin and total market cap. But for me, you know, the recording of this podcast is a bit untimely. You know, we will see the biggest news week for the macro environment. And we've called it all of last year that that's what was driving a lot of the market. And this won't be any different. We've got jobs data and FOMC. So the interest rate news coming out this Thursday. So what's uh, the, is there an expectation on that? Yeah, 25 basis points. 25 basis points. So that's on the lower side. So it's kind of, again, we'll see if they follow through. I think 
if it comes through as we've seen it most recently, if it comes through as expected, it's already priced into the market. Yeah. So any sort of higher than expected. So if it's say few, you know, point five percent lower is yeah, yeah. we're gonna have, for volatility potentially. Pretty much, and it's as simple as that. Like it's really not that complicated. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if everyone continues to take profits and go into cash as a bit of a safe haven while they wait it out to see what Mr. Jerome Powell's going to come up to the podium and say. I always think about people's mindsets when we have like a year, not that we had it before to that extreme, but like when you have yep. a year like 2022 yep. and I think about people's mindsets, right? Like a lot of people have been decimated. Oh yeah. But then you get, you know, a month of a reversal in the trend and positivity comes back like are people going to make the same mistakes? Because people are talking about, now we've put the bottom in, and mm. which I already have heard people talking about, well, no, I'm not going to take profit now because it's just kind of up from here. Yeah. So, you know, like it's interesting to see how the mindset can change in such a short period of time. So, you know, definitely for me, I'm optimistic, of course, but cautiously mm. optimistic. And if there are some short-term profits, for instance, if somebody bought, you know, Bitcoin at 15K and you're selling it at 20K, well, I mean, that's still a decent short-term profit that mm. people are turning. Although on the long-term view, yes, it might. You, we all think it's going to go higher, but I mean, it's about realizing some of those kind of short-term profits as well. Yeah. That's, that's always a point for me too. Like we've talked about that in the past about diversification as well. Like part of a diversified portfolio is also diversified strategy. Like you might have yeah. a long-term allocation or a short-term or a medium-term sort of yeah. stack that you look in a swing trade. Mm. Like, we yeah. talked about it in a, in a meeting earlier today about like yeah. bendings, like having yep. bendings of when you take profit. So, mm. you know, I know Trav talks a lot about like having kind of rules that he sticks to yep. when he's trading. Like maybe that's something that the average retail investor can kind of bring in pretty easily as well and, mm. and go by, you know, for instance, my coin is up X amount of percent. Well, I've already got a predefined strategy that says I'm going to sell 10% or 20% of it or whatever it yep. is. So Keeping yourself I think, accountable. I think things like that are, are good good practices for people that the everyday average person can bring in and, and start to think about it in that way. Yeah, no, it's good to see. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to think. I think next week's episode will be a good one. We should have a bit more of a let the dust settle over the weekend and sort of see where the market comes in with the weekly close as well next week. So I'll be looking forward to next week's one. I know personally, I'm going to probably take the foot off the accelerator with all the trading I've been doing lately. So Doing a bit of trading, have you? Well, you know exactly. I've been doing a lot of trading. That's all right. That's all right. Long and short-term traders here on the couch. So yep. it's, it's good to have, again, it's all about that diversification, right? Straddle it both ways. What's moving in the market? Tell me, to, surely there's something to do with AIs in there, right? You, you nailed it. So that's all we're going to touch on. I know we called it out as a bit of a theme as well. Singularity Net AGIX, 127% at the time of recording in the last seven days. And we've also seen the likes of, yeah, a couple of other ones that we're running quite highly too. But I know that's topping the leaderboard at the moment. There's been some other listings on Coinbase from Threshold Network and also Audius. So they're both mm, up about nice. 40 to 100% respectively. And then the other thing we're seeing as a bit of a theme is DeFi. So I know a lot of people on crypto Twitter are talking about DeFi at the moment, bit of a stir. So we'll see if that continues to be a bit of a theme, but Convex Finance, Injective Protocol, DYDX, all stuff to go do your own research on, but that might be something just to keep an eye on for overperformers. And I know speaking of overperformers, Aptos is also making the list called I think it's just down 14% from its all-time high in the yeah. last few days. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, again, even talking about assets making all-time highs during yeah. where we've just came from in 22 is... It's wild, isn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. That's... I wasn't on it. 
Yeah, neither. I wasn't on it. I didn't trust it. Cause... I can remember when it got listed and there was yeah. a lot of hype around it. Yeah. And it did have a, kind of an initial pump and then cool off, but I mean, yeah. look at it now it's... Back up there. It, it's performing so far outside of the current market trend mm. that it's kind of scary. It was that an optimism? Optimism, yeah. Yeah, that was running like... You know, we talk about like sometimes like high beta, like things that are running lots of volatility. Sure. Both Aptos and sort of optimism fall in that same sort of category of being their own sort of infrastructure tokens. And yeah, it was interesting seeing them run away a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but that hasn't made the cut for the weekly top gainers, unfortunately, but yep. um, interesting one. Wait. Questions. Questions AMA. Time. AMA is time. AMA? It is. You can't ask me anything though. Well, is it, is it AUA? Ask us anything? Maybe. Anyway, we'll go with that. Ask me to complicate it. And questions from Instagram, from Twitter, from... Where else? Other places Other where places. people ask questions. I got it. I got the first one. So, Tommy, is there anything happening in the regulatory space around crypto? No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Regulatory space. Yes, there is. In Australia, specifically, token mapping yep. is what we're kind of waiting for now. I think it was pinned for Q4 last year, got pushed out to Q1 this year. So, we're still kind of waiting waiting for that. If anyone doesn't know, token mapping is essentially, it's a bill that's going to be drawn up from the government or a piece of legislation that says that defines what each asset is or what the criteria for mm -hmm. listing an asset is or the criteria for how we deem an asset a security or a financial product or whatever else. So yep. that's going to be, that's really going to be the key piece for... That's Australia specific, right? Specific to Australia. Yep. The, in the UK, the MICA bill, which is essentially a, a license for crypto exchanges to apply for or it's kind of, I guess, the regulation mm. specific to the UK. Yep. That if you're trading as an exchange in the UK, you're going to have to kind of adhere to those to those rules and, and apply for a MICA license. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, we we don't know exactly everything that it includes yet, but it's, it's going to be more holistic kind of, it's gone through parliament right now in the UK, but it's apparently, it could possibly be something that the rest of the world adopts, does, does, yeah. does follow or, you know, closely aligns with. Yep over time i've heard it even includes things like mining activity so it's yep. like pretty all inclusive for the whole industry and sort of supports the whole sort of movement there that they're trying yep. to be the crypto hub of the world yep. and uh, i guess on a bit more negative news we've seen that genesis and i think gemini on the earn programs were getting investigated by the sec right over in the us so a bit more precedent I mean, yeah it kind of just mm. plays into the whole the view of regulators and, and how they're looking at like features and products within the crypto space and how they're going to be defined. It's just a bit of a gray area at the moment. And I think prudent risk management would tell you to kind of stay away from that at the moment, considering everything we've seen in 2022. Yeah. So, so I think the key thing you're trying to say there is, you know, from the outcomes of the SEC's finding there, that might set yeah. a bit of precedent for exactly. their legislation to come out of it, right? Like that's even with the FTX drama as well. Yeah, and we've seen we've seen some actions taken by our own regulators in yeah. Australia over the last kind of couple of months as well. So it's it's all just really grey at the moment. And until we get some clear definitions there, I think being cautious is just the way to yep. the way to act. So next question. I'll have you love this one. <laughs> Do you think the Sol network could be a serious contender one day? One day, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one. I think this is my personal take that it is a pretty serious contender right now. Obviously, nothing stacks up to Ethereum. Like it's fast, is, right? Which it's one? fast, but it breaks. That's what all I know about Sol. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the one thing that's got going for it, I think, is the infrastructure is there. But here's the dilemma broken down exactly. So with Ethereum, the gas fees previously were so, not so much anymore. Yep. So expensive that it didn't make any sense to start spamming that network because you as someone trying to do something 
wrong and try and spam that network, you just cop a whole heap of gas fees. Fees, yep. But into the Solana ecosystem, because everything is so cheap, it uses like, like a proof of history mechanism. It's so cheap and so fast that you can just constantly keep on spamming it. Bam, 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 right. bam. So there are network upgrades that they're looking to do to sort of help counteract things like that. But I mean, that's a pretty similar problem that'll plague other layered network mm. solutions as you well. Imagine. It's yeah. not something that you can pin on one particular asset. Like the true, yeah. the true nature of how transactions in crypto are yep. are moved or are initiated, the decentralized nature of it all, like you can't necessarily stop these transactions because you don't know what's fraudulent and what's not. Right? Exactly. But I'm sure there's some smart cookies out there that'll figure out ways to route them better or stop it from causing a network congestion that causes the wallets to go down. So look, that is a big piece yep. of the puzzle for them, but... You know, we're still seeing the FTX scandal again, not to keep calling it that one out. Like yeah. that's a great example to show what that the Sol community has done since that all happened. You know, they've taken things like the Ceramic, the DEX, the yep. decentralized exchange there, and they've pulled that apart and even remaking, you know, the order books and stuff like that. So I've been uh, impressed with how it's held up following the, like I really thought at the time it was so interconnected with yep. how FTX and Almeida mm. and obviously the whole situation Mm-hmm. how that played out I just kind of saw it as the next big short yeah like and it did it got hit oh, pretty hard right it, it got, got hammered yeah but I think what some people haven't quite read up is if you go to the Solana website themselves I've got a breakdown of actually what the obligations are to those parties right and at the end of the day all the assets that are I guess given to those parties be it Alameda or FTX or whoever else is in between they can't really do anything that isn't under administration right now anyway. So sure. remember that a lot of the supply was still locked until like 2027. So they weren't actually getting access to all of their sold tokens until then anyway. So if anything, like there's a bunch of supply that's locked up until right. liquidity. So it could be additional something. supply. Yeah. Depending so, on how long this plays out, which exactly. is going to be a lot of long time. And I know that they can't take what they have out of the nodes. Apparently that's part of the arrangement as well. So not going to lose that sort of consensus layer either. So look, I think for me, I still think it's it has been and will probably, until the community says it doesn't want it, will continue to be a pretty serious contender. But that's my thoughts. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm on board with that, Matt. Like I said, I have been impressed with how it's held up and how it's actually rebounded mm. since, you know, obviously the market trend has changed as well, but yep. it's all about community and there's a very strong community for that asset yep. and that network. I'm very wholesome. It is, it is, it is. So uh, let's see, let's see what happens next. Speaking of wholesome things, one of the questions we've got is, what's in store for the podcast this year? Oh, a lot more of me and you. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> like, I'm really, really excited about actually what the next couple of months couple have. A couple of good we've guests, eh? got a couple of really yeah. world-renowned guests coming on the podcast. I won't name them out now in case they hear it and say, oh, no, we don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Just, to, just to mess with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've got a couple of beauties, a couple of real beauties coming on. It's all about, for me, some of the guests as a cookie... Some of the guests that are coming on are like the OGest of OGs mm. for the whole crypto space mm-hmm. coming on. Guys Pretty that have been in the market since the inception of Bitcoin. Yep. So not too many of those across, especially probably across the retail space where the retail people will be following. You know, a lot of people got in, got involved for the first time in mm. 2017 and even 2020, you know, 2021, right? So... Yeah, a couple of really, really big guests coming on. Going to cover a lot of really key hot topics and teams for the rest of the year. Oh, mate, it's going to be a ripper. Yep, keen, keen as. Question true. Oh, Pav. Is crypto a long-term or short-term investment? Kind of already touched on this a little bit earlier. I think we talk about this every single day, don't we? Whoever put this question in, you need to listen to more podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the answer is both, really. So, you know, again, it's all about doing your own research, you know, understanding. I think the best place for anyone to start is what is Bitcoin? 
understanding the value proposition of, you know, money that can't be censored, what that means to them and their portfolios, as well as even just the finite nature of how Bitcoin's created and how it's deflationary over time. Like depending on that, like obviously that creates a bit of a long-term idea of why this might be something to look at purchasing as part of your portfolio. But then you've also got the short-term investment side of things. You know, we've talked about all the times things like altcoins, state to play within categories that are sort of running at the moment, themes within the crypto space. Yeah. what's Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about some short-term trading Mm. started the podcast and I think People taking short-term profits, I think, is a good idea. It mm. is the hardest thing. We've talked about this before in the podcast. The hardest thing to do in crypto is to take profit. Yeah. You know? yep. If you're 20 or 30% underwater, you don't worry about it. But when you're 10 or 20% over, people just don't action. You know, People just have this affiliation or this sense that everything is always going to recover and it doesn't always play out like that, right? Mm. So I think that kind of plays into the short-term investment piece. In terms of long-term investors... I mean, you just look at the cycles that we've seen over, say, the last two or three cycles yeah. in crypto, holding on to the top assets over a longer period of time has ended up in positive, like you've ended up making money, essentially. Yeah, so, like you think of it even from like, a zoom out even further, like crypto in itself is just a very small investing vehicle, I guess sure. you could say, like it's an emerging tech, you want yeah. to call it that. One trillion out of out of a massive market of, of possible investments, yeah. right? Exactly. So, you know, we've seen the market cap itself last market cycle peak at, what did it get to like three trillion, I want to say? Yeah, it was over three, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've seen every time, you know, prior to that, 27, 18, got up to 700 bill. So every time we're seeing the whole market itself, three to four X. So, yeah. interesting to see the fact, obviously trend will keep playing out, but, you know, history is anything to go by. Yeah, the way the way I always like chat to my mates about it is like the longer time you spend in the market in crypto just increases your chances of actually mm. your portfolio increasing. Yep. That's the way I put it. It's like, yes, it doesn't work for every single asset, but if you've got your strategy in place cr- the right way and you're actually balancing your portfolio correctly, you know, you're not going to be sitting in every altcoin in the hundred, right? You're going to have some Bitcoin in there, you're going to have yep. your Ethereum in there and your stable coins and your top assets in there. So it kind of all plays out in the balance over time. And I think that's really how to play it. It is a long-term investment, but it's also a short-term investment if you use it correctly. Correct. Yeah. It's all about understanding the tools at your disposal. Absolutely. SwiftX Learn, bit of a shout out there if you want to oh, go yeah. check Swift out. SwiftX Learn is the place to be yeah. if you want to find out more about all this stuff and, and not just rely on Pavanoi. Yep. <laughs> Next question, are NFTs worth investing in? Yes, definitely. Yeah? NFTs are, I think NFTs have just scratched the surface in terms of their value, their use case. The communities that are being built around NFTs is really probably what we all know about. Like everyone Mm -hmm. sees a massive Discord group with an NFT project or, you know, all these people on Twitter or all these people working in Web3. I think JPEGs potentially are not, the you know they're it's not the final destination it's not the final right? destination for nft yeah. right non-fungible tokens it, it really could be anything right we talked about examples where rolex are putting ownership of yeah of exactly real, of real rolexes within an nft and you can carry that with you for life in a digital wallet or for as long sort as it creates want. authenticity you know what owner it moved between what timeline all exactly that sort of stuff. exactly people talking about putting medical records on chain and as an nft like there's tokenized property as an nfts like all this we haven't seen it nailed yet. No. So, and that, that for me just tells me, like if we had seen every single category that we expect already, I'd say, well, maybe it's gone through its cycle and you need to, you know, consider it more deeply. Yep. I just think we're still scratching the surface on what an NFTs could be. Yep. And again, like just to reiterate, it's definitely not JPEGs worth a million dollars. <laughs> like yeah. that's not, 
the final destination, like you said, for NFTs. What do you reckon? I think that's my take on it too. Like I remember, I'll like map it out for me how I saw them. I thought that the biggest scam, because I remember right. the first time they came around, I was like Crypto Kitties and just JPEGs. And I was like, this is just trash. Yeah. And then last cycle, I was trying to be a bit more open-minded. I actually did see some good use case and utility starting to be innovated. So like you're talking about, again, like Rolex again, it doesn't have to be Rolex, could be anyone, just trying to use it for authenticity purposes. I think there's always going to be that demand for how can something be yep. linked to be an authentic product? I think yep. there's always going to be that demand. Mm. And then I started seeing some pretty cool ways that, again, it was funnily enough, Discord groups. So using NFTs as a way to get membership to private groups, yep. so whether that be like a, a private community, private trading group, whatever. There's a limited amount of those NFTs then created, which then creates intrinsic value. And then that's traded and people come and join the yep. Discord group. Like, And I know similar things are doing for festivals, even in Australia. You could buy an NFT version of a festival and like tickets and things like that. Yeah. And that got you access to a few more perks, such as I think it was like a raffle going on at the yep. time. Um, to Free get- drinks and things like that in the form of NFTs. Yeah. Like that's, that's really what people want, right? If you've got a digital wallet yeah. and you go to a festival and, you know, there's a competition, you just yep. drop you yep. a beer into your digital wallet and you go and you, you redeem it like a, you know, QR yeah. code type thing. Well, that's, well, that's all it is. It yeah. is just, yeah. I think, it's, I think they're a very powerful tool when it comes to, Yep. interacting with communities and like activation of, of mm. emotions and things like that that's just obviously a couple of use cases but I think yep. really keen to see where it goes next and yeah again I think I do think we're just scratching the surface on on NFTs so yeah if you're if you're in NFTs if you're building in NFTs keep going stay Love strong what you're doing. and you know the market will turn and when the markets turn the rising tide does lift all boats and I think NFT is going to be one of those kind of categories that that does get not another a crack category not a crack yeah yeah Mate, this one came out of Instagram. Question. What category of all coin is most promising in 2023, Pav? It's a good one. Me and Ted were talking about the crystal ball last week. Oh, were you? We are. Did you bring it today? It's just beside you. I can see it. Oh, shit. Yeah, there, there it you is. Go. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, most promising. Look, me personally, I think what I'm waiting to... It's hard to ignore the, the theme we've seen recently on AI, and I know we touched on it at the start of the episode, but... Yeah. Just the advent of seeing something like ChatGPT play out the start of this year, end of last year, mental. And it seems like it's still early days for that. Five days to a million users. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. And just the stuff that that's capable of now, like I'm sure, you know, it's built on the shoulders of a million people to get so far to be where it is right now. But it just feels like once that can be integrated in, you know, more ways, there's going to be perceived value there. So um, I think what just something to call out there is, as trends emerge, so do scams. Correct. Yes. So yes. people have to be very careful about like doing their due diligence across the assets within AI category or Correct. trend that they're dealing with. Because we've seen it in meme coins, we've seen it in DeFi, we've seen it in all these categories previously. Just, you know, doing your research and your homework on these assets. Don't just follow everything that mm. says AI on the end of it or, or whatever else because people... It's going to happen. People do that, you know? Yeah. One of the ones I'm really interested in this year, Pav, and I mentioned earlier, was is gaming. Gaming oh, yeah. tokens yep. and gaming projects. You've got to expect momentum there, right? Yeah. Because of how last cycle was just... Yeah, I, I, just th- I just think... And it does kind of play into the NFT stuff as well. Like, I think gaming NFTs have not had their full crack no. or their full run yet. I agree. So... A lot of projects you know, come to mind, like so Valuvium and these guys mm. they haven't actually shipped what they're in-state, like their in-state game, they haven't mm. actually shipped it yet. Yep. A lot of these are going to be tied back to NFTs, so it does actually perfectly fit, yep. that's fit, right. fit the whole process of, of what kind of Web3 gaming looks like. So that's kind of a key team that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. I know there's a few tokens that I have on my kind of watch list that I'll be looking to kind of slowly accumulate over the yep. over this kind of period, like between now and, well, whenever we 
see our next run and some of them you can even do staking with and things like that. Mm. So there's kind of a other reasons to to hold some of those assets. So that's a that's a big one for me. Yeah, I like that. And I think at the end of the day it is just with anything doing your own research. So understanding again, like you said, it's not just about falling victim of someone playing on a theme. It's about understanding yeah. are the devs still doing something? Are they actually building? Are they improving? What are they saying in their Discord groups? Are they giving incremental updates to their community? Yep. Got to think of it as if you're just being an, a responsible investor at the end of the yeah. day, right? Like if it's activity even, is important. It is. It is. So if nothing's happening, they're not engaging, asking any questions, or trying to get feedback for new things they're looking to build. Like you know, you got to ask yourself, why am I invested in this? Yeah. That's so common sense stuff. But look, the only other thing I would say that I'm pretty keen to see play out potentially is this potential resurgence of DeFi, but I don't know if it's coming. But I think one that probably might be a little bit more of a safer one to look at is infrastructure tokens. So, you know, with things like gaming, with AI, there'll be certain things that need to be a part of that whole ecosystem to make it all work. So things like oracles, API tokens, data, and- um, Do you think about L1s in that conversation as well? L1, L2s. Like, so your avalanches and Correct. your medics and, yep. and even Solana and these, these ones as well, right? And there's some pretty exciting new technology around zero-knowledge roll-ups, which, yep. again, I just point people to go do their own research on them as well. But I think that would be something I'm probably most interested in as well, just sort of seeing that all play out as well. Yep. That's good, mate. That's good alpha. That's yeah. really good alpha. We, we, we love the alpha. Yeah. One from Twitter. So, Tommy, people want to know what's the full story on what happened with staking at SwiftX. Full story. All right. We're going to break this down into a couple of pieces. So a lot of it's out of the control of SwiftX. A lot of it is is out of our control. We have a responsibility to stay prudent to regulations, to risks. The year that played out that was 2022 has, I guess, shined a light on a lot of the additional risks that exist in market. Some were known, some were unknown. And I guess a big step for us at SwiftX was kind of just minimizing any risk that we could or would ever have when it comes to assets that we hold or even decisions that we make at the business. Mm-hmm. One of those, I guess it's something that we would maybe agree sits in a gray area, was staking and earn programs. We talked earlier about like what happened in Australia as well as happening in the US with yep. certain companies getting investigated and things like that. Yeah, correct. For us, it was just something that a risk that potentially we don't want to wear Mm. And that's the main reasons that we've decided to at least put the program on hold for now. And, you know, we will be looking to offer it back to users again when when there is clarity around regulations. You know, the landscape is just changing so quickly at the moment. And, you know, we're looking for token mapping to come out. We're looking for definitions on what is right and what is wrong or what we perform with best practices at the moment. But at the end of the day, we are living and playing in an unregulated environment. So yep. that's kind of the main reasons that have played into the decision to close the earn program and staking as people are asking about. We're not removing the program because of any losses. We said numerous times and we've proven we haven't been part of the FTX scandal. We've you know never traded over there. It's really just a decision we've made around risk and that changing regulatory landscape. And at the end of the day, it's our responsibility when it comes to customers' assets. We've been Speaking ever since FTX, we've been speaking to users about, you know, withdraw your assets, self-custody and all yep. these kind of themes that are a really hot topic at the moment. Proof of assets, proof of reserves, which we have signed with Blockchain Australia, as well as working on that proof of reserve statement for, for users as well. So, yep. yeah, there's a lot of things happening in that space. And it, it is, I know there's been a lot of kind of shit talk, to, to be honest, across <laughs> Twitter and across some socials. But at the end of the day, it's about responsible management and that's really why we're making these decisions. I would say these are not decisions we want to be making. Mm. They're decisions that are kind of prudent to, to managing those risks and, and that's really where we are. 
That's crypto. That's crypto. That's it, Matt. Exactly. We're all, we're all in it together. Mate, I think that's that's covered off all of the questions I've had come through. So a couple of good ones in there. Hopefully everyone got some value out of those, if yeah. not a lot. We'll take more questions again, I think. Yeah, yeah. Be good if people have more questions they want to float them across us. We'll exactly. make it happen. We'll make it a regular piece if you know they keep flooding through. That's it. But other than that, I thought we'd also just want to finish up with a couple of off-the-cuffers. Bit of news so everyone doesn't walk away without knowing what's happening in the cryptoverse. Yeah. I told you, Pav, I couldn't sleep if I didn't talk about the halving. Yeah, well, that's it, right? Like the halving. I know we, we've all discussed this between ourselves quite a lot and I think we might have dropped it in the episode previously, but wanted to go through it again. I think it's a pretty big news piece. Yeah. Tommy, over to you. So Litecoin halving is coming up, guys. The Litecoin halving is coming up in mid-year this year, which is kind of not really been talked about yet, but it's something that we want to I think we want to kind of front run this story and, and mm. see how it plays out and see how kind of the asset performance of Litecoin plays out as well between now and the halving. I mean, what we know about the halving is for Bitcoin specifically, it happens every four years. Mm-hmm. Similar to Litecoin, it's a proof of work asset, the same as Bitcoin. Yep. Obviously, people would have heard about proof of stake and proofs of, versus proof of work. Ethereum just moving over to proof of stake recently. Essentially, a halving event is pre-programmed into proof of work cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Litecoin. Because these assets are created when miners add new transactions to blocks and each miner receives a fixed number of Litecoin or Bitcoin and transaction fees that are kind of included in that block. So basically what we're talking about here is how Litecoin, how Bitcoin is created. We're talking about how it's actually created. Yep. So yep. we know that proof of stake works in a different way. Proof of work works like this where, where miners mine true essentially energy. And the... The halving event itself actually relates to the reward that the mm. miners get. So when they do the work, what are they actually getting back? So unlike Bitcoin, where new blocks are added every 10 minutes, Litecoin is faster than that. So mm-hmm. Litecoin is supposed to be silver to Bitcoin's gold, right? <laughs> That's what they always talk about. Yeah. But Litecoin blocks are added every 2.5 minutes. So I guess there's going to be speculation around this. What's going to happen? What does the halving event mean for the value of Litecoin? Like everyone's kind of trying to front run this story. Actually, I haven't heard it too much just yet. So maybe we're the one of the first podcasts to kind of come out with, with, with a bit of alpha on this. Mm, get yep. people to just start looking at it and start thinking about it again. Yeah. Um, the one key thing to watch out with these sort of key fundamental events is it's not the news you want to buy when it's happening. Exactly. Historically, with any halvening event, usually we've seen price fall away, either leading up to or just before or just after the halvening events. So yep. it's one of those things that often is a catalyst leading into it. So just again, do your own research. Yep. You quickly see after looking after a chart on like a weekly time frame what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think what you potentially what you could see is mm. like if Litecoin has any kind of a move that is not directly correlated with the market, mm. people are just going to start hyping this thing up. They're going to yep. say, they start talking about the halving and it hasn't happened yet. So I guess just one for people maybe to put yep. on their watch list and have a think about. Historically for Bitcoin, halvings have been really lucrative for people to be getting involved at, yeah. at the right stages. And Pretty like, hallmark sort of period to yeah. put on your calendar. It's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. And it's, it's, it is a big deal for kind of the calendar of what's coming in crypto this year. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't sleep well tonight, mate, without, uh, <laughs> without sharing the Litecoin having news. Got it. What else we got? Got Twitter payment news. So Elon. real short one. Elon has sort of put some news forward that he does want to add cryptocurrencies at some stage to the whole payment system they are building on the social media giant platform. But right now the Fiat is first and foremost. Yeah. So they want to get out and live to begin with, which makes sense. But X.com. I keep thinking about X.com. Yeah, with, with Elon. Elon's first like business with Peter Thiel that he got, he essentially got like pushed out of. Yeah. And he's always, I think, had this kind of bee in his bonnet about 
trying to break back into this Get global payment space or you know being this kind of yep. this payment well obviously there's PayPal that he was involved in as well and then X.com was the one it was the initial one that he started with so I think it all kind of fits perfectly into this narrative around you know is it a, something that he wants to get checked off I think you know? yeah and you know Elon he does things big he's going to want global scale on something like this when he gets us you know Twitter, Very flamboyant. Twitter could be that conduit for him yeah exactly really interesting yeah but look, I think that's almost a wrap on most things we probably want to cover this episode. Yep. And now we'll be back again next week so we can dive into everything all over again. No, that's perfect, Matt. Yeah. And I guess just it's been a pleasure to record so many episodes with you. Hitting the 100, Matt. Andy. It's been, it's yeah. been good. It's been yep. a good deal. Fist, bump. Fist pumping here in the podcast. For everyone at home. Matt, I'm excited for the next 100. I think it's the right time and I think we're doing it for the right reasons. We're, we're bringing people the alpha weekly. This is, now. this is the greatest time to be alive. It Bottom, is. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. Right. And I always say the best time to invest was, was today or yesterday. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> so that's right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll see you again next week on uh, Tapping Into Crypto for the next episode. Cheers, gang. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 